and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your host and game master. This week we're playing Jason Pitt's After the War, a dystopian sci-fi game of mimetic horror. It combines story-based mechanics you might find familiar from our episodes on SIG with a gritty sci-fi dystopia built on the bones of your favorite sci-fi utopias. It's grim, challenging, and great for folks who love world building. It's also on Kickstarter now, so if you like it, check it out. Thanks to you heroes, the 2018 one-shot drive hit our first major goal, and the first episodes of Bin Bon and Jubna 2 will hit our Patreon feed later today. To get the second episode of Bin Bon and Jubna 2, we need to hit $2,600. And to sweeten the pot a little bit, if we can do that before the end of this week, I'll also post the second part of our campaign Firefly alternate universe as soon as we hit $2,600. And to listen to either of those goodies, all you would need to do is be subscribed at the $5 or more level on Patreon to get access to the secret archive. Help our drive, which powers our network, and get access to rad content. Now with all of that, out of the way, I'll see you in the mid-roll, heroes. All right, heroes, let's meet our party for this week. We are recording live from Metatopia, and I've gathered a group of special friends to play with me for this game. And the first special friend is one of the first hosts that we chose to add to the OneShot Network, and that is Megan Dornbrock. Hey, it's me. Hello. This, this, Meg, is this your second game? For one shot? From a Metatopia. From a Metatopia. What was the yeah. other one that we did together? I played Companion's Tale. That was the first, I think that was like the first time I met you in real life to us. Yeah, man. Well, that was that was fun. Uh, you know, the other day I was talking to Alex about like designers and games that we should have on the show. And Alex had the audacity to say to me, James, have you ever heard of Companion's Tale? And Alex. I was like, Alex Roberts, we Alex. had played it together. We, you were there. We sat at this very table. It was recorded. It was documented. Oh, my God. So I'm, I'm heartbroken that that wasn't as special a moment for Alex as it was for me. I mean, so. I just love that Alex fucking annihilated me <laughs> with that to show. That's, that's, that's how amazing. important I am to the great Alex Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> Barely read. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, mm. everybody uh, who doesn't have like the visual experience of what's happening with with Meg and I right now is that we are in the, the this murder annex of of the hotel. It looks very post apocalyptic, and there are sirens going on outside, and that's part of the live con experience, baby. Mm-hmm. And another person to join us for that live con experience is somebody that I have recorded with before, but I don't believe has ever been on a one shot. Nope. All right, Corinne. Please introduce yourself to our audience. Uh, hi, everybody. I'm Corinne Taylor. I describe myself as an enthusiastic playtester. Um, I have a game in the works that, uh, well, let's say I didn't have time to bring it to Metatopia this year, but uh, hopefully something will come of it eventually. Now, is this the, the game that you were working on like the other year that you came here? The... Yeah, last year uh, I brought a game called Pantheon. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. has since changed names, and that is the only change that has happened from last year to this year to Theogeny. <laughs> you know, I, I think Pantheon was more marketable. <laughs> yes, but there is already a game called Pantheon, which oh, I learned fucker. like the first time I told somebody at Metatopia, I was like, oh, I brought this game called Pantheon. The first thing they said to me was, oh, yeah, like that other game called Pantheon. And I was like, hmm, great. You know, I can't, believe, I can't believe Alex Roberts has managed to dunk on me so much. <laughs> 
that she gets mentioned twice in amusing anecdotes. But that happened to her as well. She had the perfect name for a game, and somebody stole it from her by making it before her. Yeah. Uh, so, dang, that stinks. But yeah. Pantheon is a really exciting game. I would like you to just hit us with that elevator pitch so people know to be on the lookout for it. Sure. Uh, Pantheon is a game about creating mythology using a family tree structure to create relationships between gods. Yeah. So it is like literally you create a Pantheon mythology, mm -hmm. uh, which is a great, like, fun thing to do because those stories are so buck wild. But also it's a cool, like, supplemental thing to do with, like, other role-playing games you're playing. Oh, 100%. So. Definitely the kind of thing that I see you doing when you're world building uh just play a game of pantheon and then go build your world which is awesome the, our last guest is someone who you've definitely heard before because you all loved the sig episodes that showed up on one shot it is the incredibly friendly designer who recently told me that he does not consider himself outgoing which i consider to be buck wild that's jason pitt Oh, thank you for having me. It is an absolute pleasure to be back on One Shot. I'm so excited to have you back, dude. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And also Metatopia. Yeah. Woo! Man, we're deep in that Metatopia feeling. This is the first night of Metatopia. And like, well, yeah, like official night. Uh, because this is not the... We were going to record this during the cocktail hour. And then we all thought better of it. So we are here. Uh, we are ready for this game. Jason, please... Take us away on After the War. Excellent. So, quick overview. After the War is my mimetic science fiction horror role-playing game that takes place 10 years after the Galactic War. Inside a murder annex. Inside a murder annex. <laughs> I am so ready for this. <laughs> 10 years after the Galactic War, the millions of survivors are trying to rebuild on this... Uh, distant frontier world of Polvo, aka Dirt. So let's learn a little bit more about this game. Yeah! And of course, because I'm running this for fine folks, I also pay attention to safety mechanisms. So, in front of the mics, we're using the X card, because this is a game about mimetic horror, Do we where have alien an... forces are brainwashing people. Do we have an X card that we can put within reach of the players? Uh, we have a... I've got some. I've got Back some no of an X card. Oh, I love it! No, it's functional. This is the no box. <laughs> <laughs> it's an upgrade. It's a. It's the three D version of the X card that you've always wanted. <laughs> Weirdly more expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yes, uh, we're using the X card because this is mimetic science fiction horror with brainwashing and trauma. Oof. So just a warning to people who are listening. Yeah, that's a, that's a good thing and to have up top too. This is thing you too. should be aware yeah. of. So, with that out of the way, let's get to it. Humanity has always heard the siren call of the unknown. We reached for the stars, building ships, stations, and colonies in the outer dark. Against all odds, first contact went impossibly well, and we took our first steps out into the larger universe. We met the alien species that fill the void, the stoic permancers, jovial Ursa, adaptable Mercurio, smug Illuvia, and the Riven Fundar. We achieved our utopian dream of exploring the universe as part of a galactic union. Then we heard the song. And because I'm cruel, I'm going to make you read the next section. 
Oh, that is cruel. That Wait, is cruel. Hang on. All right. The song is a sentient melody encoded into into atoms, a dark matter drumbeat of intelligence and hunger. The song stole our free will, enslaving our minds and using us to spread like a mimetic virus. The unified multi-species fleet became a battlefield as humans aboard every ship and on every world were caught up in the song. Entire nations of humanity rose as one to convert the rest of the universe to the holy choir. Each ship taken became part of the chorister fleet. Yep. Cool. All right. Became part of the chorister fleet, a colossal mobile transmitter array designed to boost the strength of the song in any system it jumped into. Worlds sang, worlds burned. Spooky. Our salvation was also our destruction. The Chorister fleet chased the refugee flotilla from the ruins of Earth to the distant world of Polvo. It was then that we released Tormenta, a weaponized dissonance intended to nullify the song. This Tormenta worked too well, and transformed a third of its victims into violent, murderous monsters. The Tormenta transmitted its own design to every ship and world the fleet had visited. The war started with a single voice rising from a trillion throats, and it ended with quiet. A numb sobbing of the last human standing. That was when the Chorister fleet began calling for help in their own voices. Ten years later, the survivors from the refugee flotilla landed and settled on Polvo. This world has earned the euphemistic nickname of Dirt. This world used to be a lot of things. A human fort, a permancer staging post, a port, a corporate science preserve, and the front line. Now it's a junk world, a graveyard for secrets, ships, and dead ideals. Millions have fled their ruined worlds to try to build homes on Dirt Foundations, at the home of the biggest second chance in the universe. Your communities are fragile and precious gems on this alien world. The song gathers its strength in the wilderness between the settlements while Tormenta's grave lies empty. The ruthless black sky perform their secret research. The reckless free companies cause trouble and the peacekeepers hunt down any sign of infection within these colonies. Only you can protect your new home from these threats to body, mind, and soul. If you're lucky, you can carve out new lives for you in this alien hellhole. Your story is centered on your settlement, Warframe Yard, which you work to build, strengthen, and grow. You deal with internal disagreements and external threats because this is the only place you have left. When the seductive song or brutal tormenta threaten your community, it's your job to protect everything you care about. Welcome to Dirt. Everyone has to start somewhere. Everything will start here. All right. So, so this is like Star Trek not ended so great, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so, some of the big inspirations are Star Trek, but the Borg one, mm-hmm. uh, The Expanse. Well, that gets grim. Uh, and let's throw in some Mass Effect, Mass Effect, and Firefly for flavor. Yeah. So, okay. science fiction. Cool. It's kind of great. As a quick note, when you are playing this game, you are playing as survivors. Uh, The war was a horror of galactic proportions. World sang, screamed, and burned. Colonies were enslaved by the song, while planetside cities were ravaged by Tormenta Spawn. No one escaped the dark time unscathed, and everyone has their own traumas. The war tried to make you victims, but you emerged as survivors instead. And you'll never forget your ideals, but you won't let them destroy you. Your protectors, 
Your settlements are vulnerable points of light in a sea of hungry shadows, and you're the people who stand against the darkness to protect your home. You stand watch for intrusions of the song and tormento which seek to corrupt your home, calming interpersonal drama within your community by mending relationships and negotiating compromises. You're believers. Only the passionate can change the world, and change is desperately needed. Your strong beliefs, as subjective and controversial as they are, give you the drive to make a difference. And your dreamers. Everyone wants something better. Prosperity so that no one need go hungry or cold. Strong walls, vigilant guards who protect the vulnerable. Art and beauty to replace what has been lost. Families bound by love who raise children into a brighter world. No matter the hardship and the horrors, you're driven by your enduring hope for the future. By contrast, as the GM, I'm playing the fallout from the war. The song which corrupts people's minds. Tormenta, which is not a nice mimetic virus. Uh, and the communities with their own internal tensions. Rad. <laughs> what? What's a nice mimetic virus? Just... Uh, mm-hmm. Cat videos. Oh. Africa by Toto. <sighs> All right. <laughs> I stand corrected. Conveniently, the reason why there are no vampires in Africa. Someone bless the reins. It's all good. Oh my god. Um, and continually does so every time that song gets played. Uh, so, because we have three people, we have three sample characters available. These characters are Okesh the Law, a Terran from the political community who was involved during the beginning of the war uh, and who now works as a scholar and legal expert. Who would like to play Akash? Well, let's let's get all the nerds. We also have table. Crisis the Steel, who is a Martian from the Titan Division, who uh, worked as a builder working in the reconstruction of Polvo. Um, and we have Tora the Cleric, who's a Belter missionary, uh, who's involved with Project Tormenta, uh, and works as a uh, medic. Uh, Akesh believes that justice is an illusion and laws keep us safe from chaos. Mm. Crisis believes that earth needed to burn and destruction is easier than creation. And Torah believes that no one is disposable and government is violence. Before we select our characters, we should decide as a group what the tone of this uh, horror game is going to be. Are we going to go in full on serious? Or are we going to ride the fence a little bit? Because I believe Jason has set the tone for this game very well in that it can go in that direction. We can also uh, do this the one-shot way. What are people most comfortable with and most excited about doing? I I could do either. Uh, I did already have the thought that I love Punch Martian, so that's where my brain's at right now. Mm, um, okay, okay. But I can I can do serious. Uh, yeah, I, I could go I could go either way, really. Okay, if we can go either way, then let's discover it ourselves. Uh, Meg, is there anyone that called out to you? I do love Punch Martian. All right, let's go with I the Punch do. Martian for Meg. I know who I am. We have Akesh the Law and Tora the Cleric. Give me that justice is an illusion. <laughs> All right, right, right. And I will be Tora the Cleric. <clears throat> All right. So, uh, well, I allow our heroes here to read over uh, their characters and specifically the stuff on the back that explains the Mm. fiction. Oh, that's probably... Uh, I'll quickly run through an overview of things and then I'll have people read the 
uh, introduction text associated with each of your characters. So in broad strokes, after the war, uh, similar to SIG, uh, this uh, manual of the primes, go back to the archives, uh, is built out of generally a set of scenes uh, that you frame collaboratively. However, uh, there are also moments which are shorter, um, more introspective, sort of one-on-one mini scenes where you get to explore bits of characters' personalities and histories. So it's a mixture of these scenes and these moments. These can be moments where uh, you learn something about one of the other characters, where a character grows and changes their beliefs, where a character has one of their beliefs corrupted by a mimetic virus. That happens. It's, yeah. Uh, Or uh, a moment of grief if uh, someone is retired from play a PC or an NPC. And in the scenes, it's divided into actor, if your character's uh, actually playing in the scene, Mm -hmm. or uh, audience, if uh, you, the player, is sitting back and watching, playing minor NPCs and judging people ruthlessly um, to determine, you know, did they challenge their beliefs, etc. So everyone gets to play throughout the entire game just in one of these two modes. So, now that we've got that out of the way, uh, why don't we introduce ourselves? Starting with Meg. My name is Crisis, and I am a proud citizen of Mars. I grew up in a dome on the edge of Solus Planum, where Mars Corp manufactures its powerful armor. I fell in love with these titanic warriors who fought on behalf of our noble world and enlisted with Titan Division the moment I turned 16. I fought and bled in the War of the Song, losing most of my company in the process. I left the service as soon as hostilities ceased and joined up with one of the Polvan reconstruction teams which built Warframe Yard. Excellent. Tora. My name is Tora. I'm a missionary from the Belt. I grew up on some miserable rock with a leaky bulkhead and found my way to the missionary vessel for an education. I joined up with the fleet for medical service and found myself working on Project Tormenta during the war. I continue to use my medical skills on Polvo. My clinic is out of a repurposed down shuttle on the edge of the Warframe Yard. I believe that no one is disposable, and that government is violence. My name is Alkesh, and I come from Earth. I grew up in a political family, watching the feeds and making bets with my cousins over the political maneuvers of the rich and the powerful. My passion and analytical mind led me to a position of staff secretary at the Commonwealth Office in Nairobi. That position led me to the unfortunate position of working on the FSS Endeavor when we first encountered the song. I survived and have established myself at Warframe Yard as a legal expert for the settlement. I believe that justice is an illusion and that laws keep us safe from chaos. Brilliant. All right, so let's get into Warframe Yard. During the war, hundreds of vessels fell from the sky onto the surface of dirt. This settlement was established in the midst of the rubble of the fallen warships. These boneyard settlements are centers of salvage, engineering, and industry. The inhabitants of Warframe Yard try to build a better, stronger future from the wreckage of the war. So, there are five potential industries, each of which has their own NPCs, and we get to pick three of them uh, that are important for Warframe Yard. Mm. 
are the industries. Salvage, led by Farah the Tinker, who believes that nothing is sacred. Arms, led by Aruna the Goliath, who believes that the dead must be honored. Metalwork, led by Isan the Smith, who believes that family keeps us human. Electronics, led by Gecko the Mercurio, who believes that money is freedom. And, or is it uh, data mining, led by Sina the Runner, who believes that information wants to be free? There's still fucking Bitcoiners in the goddamn future? <laughs> yep. Well, I, I can see the ways in which salvage would be like an important thematic part of a setting like this. So mm -hmm. I would like to see salvage if everybody. Yeah, I definitely cool want salvage. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right, so let's take salvage with Vera the Tinkerer. Nothing is sacred. What about you, Megan? Well, James took mine. Uh, so. <laughs> Eat it. I will. Uh, oh, metalwork. Yep. Uh, Isan the Smith, who believes that family keeps us human. What a nerd. Yes. We're taking the nerd? Yeah. Okay, good. And I will select arms because I very much like the ideal of the dead must be honored. Brilliant. So, uh, we have salvage, arms manufacturing, and metalwork. Uh, turns out there's a lot of munitions in uh, Fallen Warships. <laughs> well, let's learn a little bit more about the setting. Answer the three questions below as the group. Your settlement is partially built from salvaged warships which plunged from orbit. Which group or business fortified and moved into the hull of the FSS Defiant? And this is of the industries that we've picked, or uh, we just pick just up anything just in anything? the setting? Ooh. Is there a bank? Is there a daycare? Is there a grow-up? I mean, Ooh. we've got a lot of options. Ooh. Okay, so I imagine, like, this is a premium spot, right? This is, like... Hmm. I almost see the, the, the money there, like uh, like a market. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm. So that's, that's the place where people most liked to congregate. It's also... Because we've got this thing where, like, there's mimetic viruses that we got to hide from because there are, like, uh, you know, rage zombie people running around, uh, I feel like a marketplace would also be a place you'd periodically need to, like, lock down and fortify. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense to me that this is halfway between marketplace and fortress and, like, at any moment people can, like, put shutters down and turn it into a ghost town. Um. I also suspect that, so the FSS Defiant was clearly like a battle cruiser mm -hmm. that made an emergency landing. Yeah. Um, so it's mostly intact. Oh, The cool. generator's still functional. It has cool. lights. Cool. Yeah. Um, it makes so, sense as a marketplace, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And like, uh, I can it, imagine most of the business... It even has running there. water at this point. Well, like, wow. So clearly the muckety mucks uh, can actually have... Uh, crew quarters in the FSS De Defiant, whereas the main center core is used as a marketplace. So this okay. is an interesting crossroads that we can come to, too. Uh, do we want to have this game be like a class struggle investigation, or do we want to try and be like optimistic and utopian in this post-apocalypse and say that like this is actually a fair society that we've managed to grow out of the bones of our once great like civilization that collapsed? Well, my heart says one thing, but mm -hmm. my brain says another. For sure, for sure. And we can follow either. Yeah. 
My heart I just want is to make sure. black yeah. and cruel, so I think it's probably going to be okay. So yeah, less uh, perhaps people are, have optimism in their hearts. I'm, I mean, uh, Jason, imagine the in their imagine the inherent cruelty of uh, actually just and fair society uh, that is constantly under the threat of oblivion. We're just fighting for the one thing we have. <sighs> Which is something that we've created together. You and your naive optimism. Burn it all. Okay, fine. There are a bunch of rich people in the water rooms, <laughs> and they and they all like each one of those like frou frou rooms has one of those water massagers you see at the mall. Oh. That's what they use their fucking water for, and it's not gray water; it's fresh too. Oh, monsters! Burn it to the ground. Yeah. On the note of burning it to the ground, mm -hmm. the world is sharp and cold, but your community has worked hard to make things better. How does your community come together in warm camaraderie? This happens well outside the marketplace, well outside the Defiant. This has got to be something that, like, it's dangerous to do this, but it's like mm. a, a sort of, like, socially nurturing thing that we all feel like we have to do. What's the what's the landscape of, of dirt? What's the terrain like? Uh, it is mostly Earth-like, with the exception of the fact that the gravity is rather low and the local flora is odd. And, side note... Xenobiology 101 for Pulpo. The trees are functionally, um, they kind of look like trees from a distance, except for the fact that where there is wood, it's actually coral. Ooh. Ooh, neat. So it's like bone-like calcium carbonate with moss growing where the tree leaves Ooh. would be. Because that's... I think there is like a bioluminescent grove and like these are technically oh, yeah. dead trees so it's also kind of dangerous because you can yeah. slip like if you slip and fall you're gonna get impaled uh, but like there's just a time of night where the bioluminescence starts up and it's it's beautiful and like drum circles or whatever like pop is this up there. burning man uh, yeah this is burning man <laughs> excellent good note okay. on the drum circles there's a weird thing about cult uh, the, oh, the culture. Oh, music is not music a thing. Music is taboo. Okay. Oh. There can totally be drum circles. I'm just saying that oh, it's taboo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah, kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, so art has had to adapt. There, even um, poetry is dangerous. Damn. You have wow. to... So, um, dance sculpture painting they've had a much larger they, they've become the safe art forms because music itself is a potential infectious vector that's pretty neat so totally do drums i'm just saying like yes there's oh, yeah. totally drums there so yeah uh, i think that is gonna probably be a pain point for arakesh the law oh yes as the laws oh, definitely yes. forbid this um, but like this is this could be me me being like the government is violence uh, thinking yeah this is like some nonsense and uh, this is like the wealthy elite trying to protect themselves mm -hmm. and they were never on the front lines they don't even know how this war works they just sit there with their fucking water massagers so this is something the world needs so uh, I am like one of the people who helps these drum circles happen.
Not to mention there is that little fact that technically the law says you can't do music in the settlement. And technically this is outside of the settlement. Yeah, we're all taking on a a particular risk to live. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so technically it's fine. So Warframe Yard is a dangerous place. What is the collective name of the orphans who run through the ruins after losing their parents in a salvage accident? Also, yes, I am a monster. They are a parallel society. They are their own society that, like, they kidnap children to indoctrinate them into their own way of life, which is alien to how the rest of the world works. So how do we call them? What do we call yeah, them? Yeah, what do we call them? Oh, my, I was thinking, like, mean things. Like, are, are there rats? They're vermin. They're, like, what What do we call them colloquially? Like, I was thinking, like, metal shavings. Like slivers. Or... Ooh. I like slivers. Yeah, That's slivers cool. is I really good. like slivers. Yeah. I love it. Although, can we go with splinters instead? Splinters. Yeah, we can go, we can go with splinters. I yeah, will allow because... it. Because... Because, yeah. You're on thin ice, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've already had to allow hey. drum circles, so. Yeah. I see where you're going. Yeah. I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Excellent. So, there are five nearby settlements who you trade with. Barleymo, a farming community. Fort Bly, a military outpost. The Vermilion Exchange, a trading post. Daedalus Station, a research station, and Port Thoth, a spaceport. One of the neighboring settlements is on good terms with Warframe Yard. How did they help your community overcome hardship? It's got to be the military encampment, right? Like, we salvage stuff from oh, warships yeah. to produce munitions. Us. So they they desperately need good relations with us. And in return, they're probably providing us like some sort of racketeering protection yeah otherwise that marketplace probably wouldn't be able to have such a prime piece of real estate yeah other people would be coming for this i'd be i'd be really interested in like in us being the racketeers though because like we can just lock we can just lock everything down and outlast anyone in a siege like what are they going to do we like or not we but like the people who control this place uh, are incredibly uh, careful about logistics. Like they make sure that you, they never give enough munitions uh, to that that would make it possible to like conquer this place. In fact, I think every bullet has some way that like we know when a round has been fired. So. Mm. It's like this ridiculous logistical operation where we know down to the shell what it would take to invade this place. No greater threat than a surplus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that. Also, I'm fairly certain you are holding on to certain munitions that are capable of going through the hull. Mm-hmm. And, and it's and like you're the only ones who keep them and you don't sell those. Yeah. You only sell the small grade stuff. Yeah, in fact, like we. I'm sorry, those plasma rounds. Well, none of them mm. survived. That no. it's such a shame. Yep, and like we 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 have uh, people from the military outpost who live on base, and they don't know it, but we, they have gone through training to use those things. But it's been like through obscured walls. Like they have no idea that they're capable of using it, and like we basically have them here in case we ever need to use them. Nice. Brilliant. 
So one of the neighboring settlements is on bad terms with Warframe Yard. How have their actions or inaction insulted, frightened, or harmed your community? The farming community, right? Mm-hmm. They're the yeah. most powerful apart from us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love this. <laughs> so what was the How have their actions... Have uh, actions or inactions insulted, frightened, or harmed your community? Oh. Yeah, definitely, like... They yeah, they're they're more powerful than us. They can withhold things. They, they can withhold can, food. Like yeah. like all they need to do is go on a strike, mm-hmm. and like it is very hard. They're just to like overcome oh, that. sorry, we missed a shipment. Mm-hmm. And oh man, does that happen all the time? Mm-hmm. That is how they slight us. Like when they feel we're not paying them enough or anything like that. It's always we miss a shipment one week, and then it's rations for all the lower classes, which can cause like. Uh, panics or riots mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes that causes us to like have to put them down and restore order which is nasty business yeah. I'm sorry was that grain rotten oh yeah. that's unfortunate that was a you know it can happen yeah just storms. one spore gets through and yeah. spoils the whole thing yeah it's terrible storms have been bad lately can't send a caravan yeah yeah, yeah barley mow's problem barley mow so now the next step is, of course, because we want to do this correctly, we need a map. Now, if only we had a qualified professional artist at this table who would be think... capable of doing art. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's real too bad. <laughs> yeah. We, all we have yeah. is an animator. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! So... Our artist gets to create... And Who's available for and, hire. And draw, <laughs> yes. For the low price of $99.99.99. Come at me in 2019. We'll talk. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, we get to draw the location of our first industry, which is salvage. Mm. Also, you might want to just draw the defined probably right in the middle of the bloody map. Because yeah. it's a giant warship. I've been picturing... Uh, a... I've been picturing the actual Defiant from DS9. Just like make it is, a big version of the Defiant. Which is just kind of a little bullet shape. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm drawing. It's just a big Defiant. Like they just like doubled all the dimensions. Mm-hmm. It totally worked. I've been no picturing the, the Force Awakens ship. I mean, less broken, but... Yeah. Yeah, and this is totally Jakku. Yeah. Like... Well... My original vision when I asked about uh, what's the terrain like, because I was picturing just deserts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, I, I, I'm very excited to hear about like this wild environment that we have yeah. here. Oh, um, so well, our artist, uh, excellent. So our artist yeah. has drawn the Defiant. Oh, it's shaped it's, like a bullet. Yeah. That is fantastic. That's what I decided. Uh, so the location of our salvage industry. So we probably have some fallen warships. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so uh, we draw those on the map. So I- yeah, I feel like that's more on the outskirts at this yeah, point. That, like that we've, makes we've sense. probably salvaged all yeah. the insides, so we want to have salvage. all the easy stuff. Uh, fun fact about the polvo. So you know those coral trees? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's also floating ones that effectively manufacture coral pumice, and then there are floating trees that on the oceans. Everybody's, everybody's skin looks great. We can exfoliate for days. That's the one thing that we have in the future is really good skin. And really hard water. Real malnourished, like, but our yeah. skin, so good. So many bugs. So many bugs. 
<laughs> uh, and then we have a location. I believe we have the arms industry. So we probably have a shooting range somewhere. Oh, okay. Hmm. I feel like we keep that close. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, probably... I mean, the, the military outpost probably has their own stuff, but like we have we have a private like range that's probably near the Defiant, or if, if not part of it. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, because if they're going to be testing and then Although, selling things. Although, leave some space behind the Defiant because mm. I think I know where our metal working is. Mm. We have some ion thrusters and we're not doing mm. anything with them. Okay. Mm, yeah, we're so not we, flying around. Mm-hmm. So we probably want to use those as our for our metalworking forges. Wait, so this was arms? Yep. I can't tell <clears throat> if that's like something that's going to give you cancer if you work there for too long or not. People don't live long enough to get cancer. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> or just everyone gets How cancer. How optimistic you are. <laughs> and then we have a place where most people live. Oh, yeah. Mm. Where do we want I'm that? I'm guessing like, that's next to the there. salvage. That's got to yeah. be next to the salvage, yeah. Because oh. you, you, you do the salvage when you can, and then you bring it to the Defiant Marketplace. Interesting. Because, like, I think most people live in, like, kind of a dangerous place. So my thought was that the salvage has kind of moved over time as we kind of pick places clean. Does, so maybe does they're the, migrant communities? Yeah. Is it, like, a mobile Ooh. community of some somehow? Because that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I'm definitely getting huge Jakku vibes now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, so are there, like huge um like pieces of cloth and corrugated uh aluminum between like some spiky bits of wreckage and Mm. the defiant so effectively there's this huge overhang yeah oh i like that i'm just imagining some like open air market in istanbul with an, a giant overhang. I'm picturing vehicles that like collapse entire structures like up into themselves and then just extend once they've been moved to the new location. Yeah. I like the idea of like whatever battle took place above here was so buck wild that there's so much wreckage that fell. The overall gravity of the planet is slightly more than it used to be because there's so many ships that fell here. Like you can dig down extremely deep and still find untouched ships Ooh. oh but that, well, that implies uh, a big excavation project yeah well maybe like who knows like maybe we're just starting excavation because like a lot mm. of the surface stuff has been picked over and like you can go farther out but it's more dangerous due to environmental reasons uh, but we now have enough resources, especially with the metal works and whatnot that we're starting to forge stuff so we can actually start mm. digging down mm. that's cool so uh, we need a mo- place where most people gather and most people avoid, which is simultaneously the grove that we just described. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's a that's yeah, way yeah. out here somewhere, right? <clears throat> I feel like what weird. And that seems pretty brilliant. Does this grove have a name? Not yet, but you've been coming up with like catchphrases and names. <laughs> it's so no uh, pressure. Just... Yeah, uh... no, no pressure. You just. All right, let me. Not going out of the park 100 of the time, and this would be your first miss if you kind of missed it up. So, I mean, no pressure. No pressure. No. Perfect unspoiled record. Stare at me a bit harder. I think that helps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, would you like some Belter Swill to inspire? Oh, you? yes, I would like some Belter Swill to inspire me. Give me that good, good caribou blood. Does it get worse? Yes. 
That's what I thought. Have you ever um, ever been to like Hawaii with like the the volcanic the volcanic rock and even touching it just cr- like cuts your hand up. You can mm. you can brush past it and your hand just gets like Dang. lacerated because the way that the 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 volcanic stone just the way it chips mm-hmm. it just it's so sharp oh my and god that to brush past it just Corinne, lacerates that is part of the like evolutionary nurturing mechanism of these uh, like the trees like they look like trees and close up they're they're coral uh they need squishy organic things mm. to brush past them because it drinks the blood Ooh. And like that's one of the things when people are looking for for people from these drumming communities and whatnot, they're they're checking for any cuts or whatnot mm-hmm. because the grove is like unspoiled. Most of uh, the rest of the the land around here, like it's been smoothed down and and made safe. But uh, the only way people can do these drum circles is going out into the shards, mm-hmm. which is just nasty. Also, do we mention the spores that are left in the cuts? how the trees propagate let's not mention that i mean that if you if you're treated properly it's fine but uh yeah. some people try to hide that because of well there's rumors that go around that that's just propaganda to try to keep you from going to the shard mm. yeah but do you want to risk it Hey heroes, welcome to the mid-roll. I hope you're ready for it to change soon because radvertisements are on their way. In case you aren't aware, radvertising allows you to book personal or professional messages on programs like OneShot and Campaign. You can shout out to friends and family or promote a product or service just by heading to OneShotPodcast.com and clicking Radvertise under the Contact Us section of the site. Coming up this week on the OneShot Twitch stream on Thursday, we have more Gloomhaven with a new episode of Total Party Kill, starting at 7 p.m. Central Time. You can find that and more at twitch.tv slash OneShotRPG. Before we return to our episode, I'd like to take a quick moment to thank some of our backers on Patreon. Jennifer Markey, thank you so much. Julie D, thank you. Guy Zweibel, thank you so much, Guy. Lutz Ol, thank you. Corey Kilbane, thank you very much. Megan Bagley, thank you so much. Raymond Welt, thank you. Chelsea Winkleman, thank you so much. Stephen Couch, thank you. Stephen Thompson, thank you very much. Aaron C., thank you. Horace, thank you very much. Benjamin Little, thank you so much, Benjamin. Carl Hanna, Carl, thank you very much. Brooks Baseball, Thank you very much. I sincerely hope that this is a human being with the last name Baseball, because that rules. Michael Ansgar Horwath. Thank you. Neil Williams. Thank you so much. William A. Padera. Thank you. Ray Suzuki. Thank you very much. Serena Bouvier. Thank you. Camrud Jacobson. Thank you very much. And Amber Schmidt. Thank you so much. Thanks again to everyone who supports us on Patreon, and a special thank you to everyone who signed up during this Patreon drive. 
A note for new backers, there are actually a lot of people supporting this network, which means the list of backer names is extremely long. The one I'm currently working off of is from February of 2018. In a couple weeks, I'm going to be downloading a new list and reading off backers in the order that they backed, starting from where we leave off at the end of this list. So new backers are going to get their names read relatively soon, within at least the next couple of months. I know I say it a lot, but Patreon support is really the thing that makes the network possible. I have had a difficult year, both personally and professionally, and I can't tell you how much it means to me to see people supporting the network. Thank you for believing in us. And with all of that out of the way, let's get back to the show. So, in the first scene, setting up a scene uh, consists of three elements. There is a platform a tilt, and a question. I will create the platform, which is the initial situation. Uh, So uh, this is uh, effectively a snapshot of where it is, who's there, uh, how much time has passed since since the last scene. So I'm going to say that this first scene uh, is obviously going to be taking place within the hull of the FSS Defiant. Mm -hmm. And it nearing the end of a market day, it's um, calming down. People are starting to leave to go home. Um, there's a few merchants starting to pack up their wares. Uh, and, but um, there's uh, opportunity for PCs to be present. So now, now that I've done this, I get to pick someone else at the table to create the tilt, which is the uh, destabilizing incident the thing that, that is the reason why we're paying attention to the scene so I'm going to pass that this over to James there James are, what's going on there are people here because um, it's closing up it is nearing like a holiday I think there are like the orbit of this planet is strange it's probably like in a binary star system I think there are a lot of moons um, and there are pieces of like orbital wreckage that are like the size of moons. Mm-hmm. So we've got a very strange orbit and we go through a lot of different seasons. So there's like kind of an equinox type thing going on, which means there are people, the people that do it, are organizing uh, a drum circle um, and they're sort of making themselves known. I think that means... Uh, law enforcement officials, like there's a lot of uh, propaganda out there trying to prevent people from going. Um, and of course, that means there are enforcers that are looking for people and, you know, mm. trying to figure out who's involved. Brilliant. So the next step is going to be the question. So James gets to pick someone else who gets to establish the question of the scene. Well, I think if only there was somebody who had a show where like they ask questions in sort of like an interview format. Ooh. Sort of modify this in a really good yeah. way for us. You might have to sell for an animator. Yeah. Yep. Okay. <laughs> All right, Meg, take us away. Build us a rich fiction. Yeah. So we want to elaborate. Um, so the question is the thing that we want to discover. We want to play to find out. So what is the thing we want to discover during play? Uh, this can be Ooh. obvious. Uh, hey... Do they capture the drummers? Or this can be a lot more subtle of, 
will Lucas uh, make peace with his mother? Okay. So since we're just starting out, um, I don't think, do they capture, but I think, do they find out who organizes these events? Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, there's a, uh, some merchants are putting up their wares when the enforcers start uh, marching through the hall and they seize a young teenager. Where are you going? Tell us what's going on. So before we dig back into the fiction, who is present? So your options are you can be in actor mode, which means your character is present in the scene. Or you can be in audience mode, which means that you're watching what's going on. You're interpreting what things, you're judging people, uh, and you can play minor NPCs. Uh, it is usually a good thing for one person to be um, in the audience mode and, while other people are playing in uh, actor mode. But you can have everyone in uh, actor mode easily enough. I think I'll opt for actor mode at this point. I feel like there are a couple contributions that I could make to a scene like this. I imagine that there are a lot of stalls. I am a medical practitioner, so I must have some sort of clinic or practice. I think I, it even mentions where I, I do this. Yeah, it's in a repurposed down shuttle at the edge of the Warframe yard. So uh, I think... I am making a house call to one of the wealthy people here, and I'm probably like packing my stuff up and heading back to the Warframe yard, and I'm not there yet. Brilliant. So is Akesh in the sea? Hmm, I'm trying to decide, because I feel like it could be interesting either way. Yeah. I don't know if I want to know if Akesh knows about these drum circles yet, so I think I would like to be in audience mode. Fantastic. Okay. Okay. Uh, I don't think Crisis is here often. Um, they are someone who is a builder, a salvager. I don't think they're in the marketplace all that often, but I could be if that would. I could see us going the other way with this. So, uh, yeah. I would mention that Crisis is leading the enforcers at this moment. Just saying. Oh. Have I mentioned that Crisis has power armor? No. Crisis has power armor. That's Crisis exciting. is Bay. Crisis is real good. Yeah. Where's the romance tree option for right? Crisis? Yeah. <laughs> how, how do I be or romance Crisis? For for those Venom fans out there, preferably both, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So they're... All I know is Crisis is the science fiction version of Iron Bolt. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be popular. That's yeah. Gonna, that's going to touch a few nerves. That's going to make a lot of sense to And touch a few nerds. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, what were we doing? And we're deciding if Crisis <laughs> is in the scene. And Akesh is Dorian. And uh, how steamy that scene is. Yeah, Crisis is there, but just being hot. Yeah. <laughs> Crisis flexes in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can be here. I can be actor mode. Their opening scene established a political content like thing, and then there's just a long scene of somebody taking a shower. <laughs> <laughs> Their drums. Just saying. Uh, so, um, oh dear, that was a Matrix reference. That is 
Oh no. Uh, 15 years old. What? Let's not get into that. All right. So, uh, the kid is going, hey, 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 I, I, I don't know anything. Let me go. Officer, is there a problem here? Uh, no, there's no, there's no problem here. We're just taking this uh, juvenile into detention. Really? You're taking a juvenile into detention uh, without their guardian present? Uh, there's reports of uh, illegal uh, music production. And this happening youth, inside the Defiant? That is why we need to question this youth. Because it's happening inside the Defiant. We need to question the youth to determine if there is. Son, is your guardian set. in the Defiant? Well, no. I'm a medical practitioner. Uh, if he is a patient in my care, I can act as a guardian for whatever discussion you're going to have. And. I would love to offer my services if I could. I, I uh, uh, of course. Well, since my patient is under my care and charge now, I'd be happy to have this conversation alongside him, officers, if you don't mind. They look at each other. And since we are playing at this table, I should actually ask about Tora's pronouns. Uh, I think Tora is like it's the future, right? I feel like pretty much they, them are the prevalent Sounds pronouns. Good. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, since we're doing it, crisis. Or does crisis have pronouns? Uh, I was. Leaning... I assume there are pronouns. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I was leaning towards they, them. Sounds good. That's where I live. <laughs> fantastic. Welcome to the future. That makes things simple. Uh, sure, humanity fell, but we did do away with the gender binary. So nice. Hey, hey, I'm assuming that there's a couple Zs still kicking around. That's true. Like, mm -hmm. they then just... <laughs> the, the, so the, the gender spectrum is now Zs and they, them. It's, it's people who couldn't decide on singular thing. It's, oh my god, it's purely rhetorical. It's... There's a new gender binary, yeah, <laughs> and it's it, it is 100 grammar based. God, I love it. This dystopian mm -hmm. future. Mm -hmm. It's off. it's still a dystopia, right? So, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I I'm with them. Great. Uh, so, if we want to continue this discussion, it seems like you're going to a second location. Um, but if you didn't want to waste our time doing that, I'm sure you could ask whatever you needed to ask right here. Fantastic. So, how often have you been going to the drumming circles? So, let's trigger a conflict mechanic. Mm -hmm. So, when two people want different things in the scene, uh, we trigger a conflict. Now, you would roll a number of dice. And for this game, it's just d6s. It's nice and simple. Uh, you always get to roll at least one die mm -hmm. because you're a person doing a thing cool those are player dice they're super shiny now if you look on your sheet you have an origin and a detail mm -hmm. a war story and a detail a uh, profession and a detail so options <clears throat> so if you look underneath those there's descriptions of situations where this would apply so, what do you have for Taryn? 
for instance? Oh, uh, yeah, I've got risking my life, uh, which seems really appropriate, and resolving disputes, which also seems incredibly appropriate. Um, and for origin options, uh, I have preventing violence, which very well could happen in an interrogation, uh, teaching the young, uh, which seems pretty relevant to the situation, and calling people on their shit, which also seems incredibly relevant. Fantastic. So you've clearly gone on uh, one die from Belter and one die from Missionary. Awesome. Because, yes. Uh, now, looking at your uh, war story. Expressing rage uh, could could easily be uh, part of the situation, though we haven't quite entered that territory yet, and it might not get there. Um, as far as war story options, uh, heroic ideals uh, comes to mind in this situation. Oh, right, so you're trying to save the next generation yes, from yes, a yes. brutal oppressive tyranny. Mm-hmm. And absor- uh, uh, also preserve what is important about living. Also, you're pretty sure that this is their the guards are from the Z faction, and so you totally get a die from that. <laughs> Those damn Z faction, God. <laughs> uh, how about your profession? Um, for profession, uh, threat assessment or even organizing militias. I, I feel like an argument could be made, but I'm not too passionate about that argument. I and for as far as profession options, I don't really see anything uh, there. Perhaps mimetic infection knowledge could come up, but that would b- mostly be me using it to, to BS and talk people down. So, I don't so, think I don't think there's much I'm getting from there. So we have a key rule in After the War, which is the rule of meh. Mm-hmm. If anyone goes meh, it doesn't count. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I don't meh. think so. I, 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 yeah, I, I don't think profession is giving me much here. Now. Because I'm playing the guards and I'm the GM, I uh, calculate uh, the dice I'm rolling in a slightly different way. Mine is based on a combination of threat and vector. So threat is what is in danger here. And I, this is a threat one. It's strangers who are in danger here. If a minor unnamed NPC is in danger, excellent. Nice and simple. This person's minor in two ways. Uh, no, maybe that, three. Maybe, maybe they also mine things. Child labor. It yeah. can happen. Now, vector is based on the potential influence of infection by mimetic viruses of the song or tormenta. If it's just, if there's no clear sign, it's one die. If there's song influence, uh, that is. Two dice. If someone is full on infected by the song, that's three dice. So I'm rolling four dice. Oh wow! So Ooh. someone is infected by the song. Interesting. Join the song. Hear the song. So if someone the song. is infected, then I think uh, I am no longer on a meh uh, as far as my. You're, you're not looking critically at the child. You're looking critically at the guards. You're totally not looking in the right direction here you're defending the kid fair enough (laughs) 
what we do here is we just add up our total dice. Okay. Uh, so I have a total of 14. I've got a 12. Now, uh, there's a couple things here. One, there is something called strain. You get strain when you win a conflict, mm-hmm. and you can choose to get it to re-roll dice. Uh, so, but if I if I took strain to re-roll dice and then won the conflict, would that give me even more strain? Yes. Okay. Now, what strain does is, when you get your first point of strain, you don't add any ones to your total. Well, that's fine. Ones don't add much. Mm-hmm. When you get your second point, you don't add twos. But then you don't add threes. Yeah. That gets sharper. It's starting to become clear. Okay. Um, so this would be a perfectly, re- as you have two ones in front of you, this would be a brilliant time for you to take a point of strain and then re-roll those ones. I don't think I win this conflict, though. I think that's what happens. Mm. Fantastic. Uh, so in that case, the guards, uh, look we know things are a bit different in the belt, but here we have the rule of law, and we're taking this uh, minor into custody for questioning. Sure thing. Uh, officers, I don't want to be a problem. I just need your badge numbers. I like to keep track of patients who come through my doors, you know. Everybody needs attention sometime. I- I'm sorry, where, which bulkhead leads to your clinic? Oh, I'm not here. Uh, oh, they call me in when they need help. Yeah, it's a good thing you're not here. And then they uh, haul the kid away from you. Savages. Uh, yeah, and uh, one of the in uh, the shopkeepers turns and looks to you. Thank you, thank you for trying. That's all we can do. Akeem is always getting into trouble. That's what teenagers do. I know, but why can't he be doing drugs like I was like I was when I was a kid? Something nice and because drugs are expensive. I know, but music, really? You know, it's not something that a lot of people understand, especially when you're that age. It's it can be very attractive. I mean, he was too young to really remember the war. That's a blessing. It is. And, I mean, give it some time. Eventually, no one will remember what we went through. Can't wait to see that. You have a good night. Yeah, you too. So, remind me what our question was. It was, I believe, uh... Yeah, do they find out who is organizing? Do they find out who's organizing? Well, that's when you hear a bang coming from down the corridor. Mm. I think I'm going to run over there. I was going to say, if if Crisis is somewhere in this... Yeah, Crisis. That is going to attract them. Yeah. Uh, So, Crisis is there holding a gun pointed at one of the guards. All right. The kid is hiding behind Crisis. Okay. 
All right. What do you do? Uh, well, I'm I'm holding a gun uh, at a guard, so. Is was it your firearm that discharged? I don't know. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. I think Crisis is a little cooler headed than that. So. Uh, did the round ricochet off of your power armor? Oh yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Like a little smoking. You are going to want to step away. Get away from that kid. What business do you have with a child? It's infected. It needs to be put down like a dog. Children are not it. Yeah, he's infected. Now get out of our way. Nobody's used but... those pronouns for <laughs> 10,000 <laughs> years at least. What what language are you speaking? <laughs> They're derogatory terms. Yeah. Used uh, Amusingly, the gender binary was only used for youth. Before they earned <laughs> their day. It's sort of day. like the opposite of German. <laughs> I will tell you one more time to step away. And I will not tell you a third time. Get that camera charging sound of like the suit. <laughs> so this sounds like a conflict, my friend. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's conflict this. Let's mm-hmm. hear how spooky our friend the Martian is. Yes. All right. My favorite Martian. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Get a die dealing with issuing commands. That's a yep, command. Yep, that is a command. Oh. Also, you so you are a person doing a thing. That mm-hmm. is a person die. Person doing a thing. I'm you issuing, are a Martian issuing command. I'm a Martian issuing a command. I uh, origin option Titan division brawling. Power armor ranged weapons. I feel like power armor mm-hmm. ranged yeah, weapons. Yeah, you get a die for that. Yeah. Uh, war story. Uh... Uh, I have advancing tech, uh, advanced technology detecting the song Escaping Danger. I'm not escaping. I have not detected the song in this child, clearly. Uh, and I don't know if this counts as advanced technology. So. so, here is a thing that you might want to know about. Mm-hmm. During a scene, you can argue that one of your traits will actually apply. And then someone who's in audience mode gets Ah. to determine that. Okay. If it applies, you write it down as that fourth bullet underneath the tip trait, and it's now a permanent thing. So if you did that for, for instance, your war story category, Mm -hmm. anyone who's using that war story category gets that fourth item. It's just a new thing. So, for instance, let's say... Our belter friend here wants to punch someone with belter. Mm-hmm. We would ask, so t- when did you use your, uh, you know, brawling skills as a belter? Oh, the food riots of uh, 2073. Mm. Yeah, that's mm. legit. Okay. Yeah, that's how, that's what belters do. Now all belters can are great at fistfights. That's cool. I mm. love I love world building, like getting built into the mechanics. That's neat. So, do any of your war stories apply? I don't think so. Would no you like to is, make one? No is an excellent answer as well, but you have an option. I have war story options and war story category. Yeah, so, uh, any of... uh, yeah, so the category is the uh, broad thing that okay. a lot of people have. The uh, uh, option is a specific thing that only you have. Oh. No one else is allowed to have. Oh, Okay. You can have a lot of Terrans, for instance. But there's five different kinds of Terrans. Gotcha. Okay. 
Um, unfortunately, yes. I don't think any of them quite apply from either the category or the options. Resettling refugees is the closest I feel like it gets. Is it because that's the closest to caring about another living person? Um, Do you have an argument? Like, could you explain how you would use any of those things um, fictionally to like how you've done something similar to this in the past? Escaping danger, I think, because crisis doesn't strike me as somebody well, you who... can add a new option on that list in the right. Base oh. Of... Based on this particular, yeah, mm, yeah. So I think I think the way it's looking is that Crisis has a soft spot for kids and getting them out of a danger zone. Like, um, so so is this um, aftermath? There were a lot yes. of orphans. Yeah. So, so taking make, care, taking making care sure they get somewhere safe, safer than a war zone, and that they don't run off and become splinters. Yeah. So what do you think, audience member? I'm going to allow it. All right. We got the green light. Yeah. Uh, so please add caring for Ute. That is going to be uh, your war story category of aftermath. I think that's kind of weirdly sweet in that Crisis is fine watching everything else burn, but kids. <clears throat> yeah. Also, kids. I'll note, there's a bunch of people. If another character has aftermath as a category, they also care about kids because there were a lot of kids during the aftermath um oh that's another die right yep guess what team we like kids brilliant liking kids is important and Uh, profession profession uh infrastructure machinery your favorite tools can my favorite tools be a gun your favorite tools can be a gun i feel like that is extremely (laughs) in line with destruction is easier than creation (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Look, I have a problem with computer. I shoot computer. No more problem. No more problem. Yeah. Mm, I think that's it. Brilliant. Also, I'm not going to use my bad Russian accent. And apologies to any Russian listeners. All right. I get five days. So, this sounds like this is actually a threat not only to strangers, mm-hmm. but it's also a threat to friends because you're being shot at. And you're a friend. At least, in theory. Mm, okay. And I think there is there is some song influence in play. That's how, yeah. So, I'm rolling four dice. Okay. So, you're at 20? Yep, that's, that's how math works. That is an acceptable number for you, and an unacceptable number for me. Because I'm only at 15. Ha! So you get to narrate how you pulled this off and then mark one strain. Okay. Um, I have a feeling that this guard does not back down immediately. And I have to take a warning shot at his feet. Hey, 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 hey. Okay, 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 okay. If you want to take the kid in for questioning, we're all good. Yeah, I'll take care of it. But deal with it. This kid, something's not right. If it's where I heard him humming. Don't worry about it. It's your problem now. And they head out of the room. Hey, thank you. 
Thank you so much. Why do you, why do you do that? Is he right? Were you humming? No, of course I wasn't humming. You think I'm an idiot? They're the idiots. Yeah. You're not wrong. Since I was running towards the shot, can I? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank God there's no blood. Crisis? Tora? Your name? Where'd the others go? I asked them to leave. Nicely. Alright, that's fair. That's good. Does that mean. I, I like you when you ask politely. <laughs> hey, it's all about manners. Yeah. Alright, kid. Look. I, I I didn't want to get you in trouble. I didn't want to cause problems. I just wanted to go home. That's all. Yeah, no, we, we all we all want to go home. Crisis, I believe there are some boxes that you need to check off, though, right? Uh, yeah. So what I didn't want to see, and what typically happens in situations like this, if guards get something, they'll pull you off and it's like second away from an execution. Crisis is a little bit better than that. I know. I thank you. And there's a strange glazed look in his eyes. You notice the tone of his voice is moving up and down in a bit of a regular pattern. You okay, kid? Oh, of course. Listen, I, I don't think you're an idiot. I just think that kids your age can be idealistic. And oh, thank you. I've I have learned my lesson. Christ, mm-hmm. you know, if it's in the early stages, there can mm-hmm. still be some mm-hmm. treatment mm-hmm. options. You got anything? Well, I think you got to knock him out mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. <sighs> you know, I hate doing this. So uh, the kid uh, tries to grab the butt of your rifle, mm-hmm. and we are in conflict. All right. So I'm bigger than you. Friends, song infection. I'm a person doing a thing. <clears throat> because tur- turns out that Range those uh, drumming circles are dangerous. Mm-hmm. This is this is caring for youth. Yep. In a that in a is way. a way to interpret the statement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. I'm going to argue this is also issuing a command. <laughs> that is another way of interpreting the situation. I like it. It's abstract. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> it's a nonverbal command. That's pretty good. Oh, that's better. That is much better. So for the uh, listening audience at home, that's 21. 14. <sighs> Shit. So... Would you like to play around with those strain mechanics and re-roll dice? You do have two pretty low dice, so that would wouldn't that strain you up to three if you succeed? That would yeah, if you succeed. But right now, it would only strain you to two for this roll. Yeah, but the the reason that you're taking strain is so you succeed. This is a one shot, so it's fine. Uh, How does strain reset? So. On your character sheet, mm-hmm. you have this lovely little triangle, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, where you mark your strain. Okay. So you oh, fill in circles, and when you hit uh, three uh, insight, which you get by confronting your beliefs, 
then you hit a moment of discovery, which allows you to clear a strain ah. and clear someone else's strain as well. Ooh. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, yeah, let's play with these mechanics. So <laughs> so I take one, which crosses out my twos, and I can re-roll my bad ones. Yeah. All right. Let's hope I do better. Oh. oh. So yes. 16. Yeah. You want to take more strain? I mean, you I totally don't. You want to take more At strain. At a certain point, there you is. totally take more strain. I wouldn't. I, I feel like you're a bad influence. Is You should totally trust the song. I don't think I can. I mean, so even if I wait, no, even if I roll a six, though, that's not going to get me above you. Yeah. yeah. So no, 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 it's fine. Yeah. Which is something that we should have reviewed before I can we took still the first do math. <laughs> Don't you come at me with like. Mm. You can also re-roll your fours. You can always get sixes. Mm. I'm just saying. Mm, we're good. Mm. Actually, you should totally do this. Uh, all right. Uh, so. Um. Mm. Oh, it's fine. Is there fantastic? A... You get exactly what you wanted. You knock out the kid. Okay. Pass me your character sheet, please. Oh, no. So this, my friends, is called a moment of corruption. When the GM wins a conflict, the GM can wordsmith someone else's beliefs. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Because the song is creeping into your head. (gasps) Now, as a player, you get to veto this. As a character, you don't even know this is happening. Okay. Right now, your beliefs are that Earth needed to burn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and destruction is easier than creation. Mm-hmm. Which are some pretty grim beliefs. Oh, yeah. I love I'm going to give you a nice, hopeful belief. Hmm. I don't like that tone of voice. Why don't you read out your new belief and tell me if you're vetoing that? Earth needed to unite. Be one with the song. Join us. Unity is all. Now, you've interpreted it as unite within the song. Could Crisis be interpreting that as Earth you needed to unite sort of in a more general sense? We the must disparate all nations. be part of one. We must yeah. all be. So, yeah, so, like, I feel like this is more reason. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, to, I think it's a crisis that like, oh, these disparate nations need to see eye to eye to get along if we're going to survive. But really, yeah. I like this. I like yeah, I like yeah. the subtle influence of that sort of building this, into the song. This, thing and you this don't... slow. Oh, this is fine. This mm-hmm. is fine. This is what the fuck. Yeah. On a related note, your character has no idea anything has happened. But your two characters might notice a change in behavior. Ooh. I like it. Yes, we're going to keep this. Brilliant. So the kid goes down. Mm Mm-hmm. And you you solve the problem completely. Oh, yeah. There's no ramifications whatsoever. I'm real good at this. Yep. Yep. (laughs) And you're feeling better about humanity now. We just need to come together. It will be fine. Sorry that you had to do that. Yeah. Well. Okay. So the standard treatment for something like this, if it's an early infection, it's not a big deal. We just need to sedate him. Song needs to grow, and if you starve it out, you can beat it. So I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to keep him down for a bit. 
Mm -hmm. Do you know, is there a way we can figure out if if this kid has guardians? He's got to have ID or something on him. Yeah. I can't run that. Oh, yeah. No, I can. It's fine. Um, I'll check his pockets. So I think we can end the scene yeah. rifling through this kid's pockets. <laughs> um, and uh, when you go through his pockets, um, you actually find... Um, a data chip um, and it's an old data chip excellent a floppy disk <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's one of the big ones too yeah it's a, it's actually floppy it's gotta have really big pockets for the, it's like there's a zip disk here too <laughs> well when we got rid of the gender binary all clothes got great pockets yeah <laughs> Everyone can wear jinkos now. Just I, I'm I'm sorry. This is a horrible dystopian <laughs> world. In fact, no one got pockets. <gasps> oh no! <gasps> but due to budget cuts, pockets had to stop. <laughs> wow. Damn. It's harsh. I hate the future. <laughs> the future is bad, actually. <laughs> it's hor- horrifying. Excellent. So, so um, sounds like we're up for another scene. <coughs> what we do is we end the scene first. Mm-hmm. Okay. So at the end of the scene, we ask the audience to go through people's beliefs and see if they've been confronted. If we have had evidence that supports or refutes these beliefs. All right. Uh, walk me through. You have them on your character. Oh, sheet. I see. It's super convenient. Well, mine's different <clears throat> now. Uh, Crisis has the beliefs Earth needed to burn, which is now Earth needed to unite, and destruction is easier than creation. So were either of these either supported, did we get evidence that that confirmed them, or refuted, evidence that contradicted them? I feel like we kind of got shades of destruction is easier than creation in there. Mm -hmm. I think so. So, uh, fun fact... The GM is always in audience mode. So it's technically an agreement between the two of us. But Ah, you win in any ties. So, yeah, that sounds good. So you get to mark one insight. Mm. So the first uh, top left. Mm -hmm. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. And when you get three, you get a moment of insight. A moment of um, discovery. And for Tora... I absolutely think that no one is disposable was supported. Oh, yeah. I think that there is an argument that government is violence was supported, but also something else was violence in this scene, and that was care Mm -hmm. and concern for another. So I think that government is violence could, we could say it was challenged in an interesting way because you had to do violence i mean those kids like for sure for sure that those those people were going to execute that child oh 100 <laughs> percent. so torah marks two inside mm. mm-hmm. and it's along a, a single track yep. it just wraps around the triangle oh okay Fantastic. So that ends the this particular uh, scene. Well, heroes, that's it for One Shot this week. But don't worry, we'll be back next week with more After the War. If you're looking for more great gaming podcasts, be sure to check out other network shows like Design Doc. Join hosts Hannah Schaefer and Evan Rowland as they redesign their first role-playing game. 
DesignDoc is an experiment in public participatory analog game design. It's fun, it's messy, and you're invited along for the ride. Remember, heroes, this show and all other shows on the OneShot Network are supported almost entirely by our Patreon. Patreon is a platform that allows you to support creators by giving them a small amount of money each month. In return, we offer fabulous rewards, like access to the Patreon Secret Archive, which later today is going to be updated with the first episode of Bin Bon and Jubna 2, a follow-up to our massively popular side quest campaign from our campaign podcast. To unlock the second episode, we only need to hit $7,600 a month, and at the time of this recording, we are over $7,500, so we're not that far off. And if we can get that next level before the end of the week, I'll also throw in the next part of our Campaign Firefly Alternate Universe series. To get access to all of this wonderful stuff and more, all you have to do is be subscribed as a $5 or more patron. You can do that at patreon.com slash one-shot podcast. As always, we end one shot with a call to action. And this week, I want to talk about antitrust. The United States, being a capitalist society, has something of an uncomfortable relationship with our corporate overlords. Big companies have helped this country become a wealthy nation. However, they have a history of taking more than they give. And they're never in a better position to do that than when they have monopolistic holds on their given industries. This country has narrowly avoided becoming a corporate-run dystopia many times. And it's thanks in large part to antitrust laws that we've put on our books. And though we still have a lot of great antitrust legislation left over from the Teddy Roosevelt days, a lot of it isn't enforced. Which means there are companies all over the country that are reaping the benefits to the detriment of our society. Have you ever been frustrated with an internet service provider only to find that there is no competition in your area that you can switch to? That's because most telecom companies have monopolistic holds on given regions. Even with multiple telecom providers in the United States, they've managed to divide up their territory to dissuade competition, which allows them to really hurt the consumer. Y'all, it sucks. Thankfully, there's something that you can do about it, and that's contacting your representatives and letting them know that you would like to see the U.S. enforce the antitrust laws we already have on our books. Calling takes just a couple of minutes, and it can create real momentum for issues like this. When I call my reps, I usually use a service called fivecalls.org. That's the number five, calls.org. There you can find summaries of issues affecting the country, along with contact information for your representatives, and a script to read while you're on the phone to make sure you get your message across. Calling is an easy step to being more civically engaged. So keep at it, heroes. As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. For the latest one-shot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod, or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at GameMaster at OneShotPodcast.com. OneShot is a production of the OneShot Podcast Network, in association with Paracosm Press. Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at P-A-R-A-C-O-S-M-Press.com. Finally, that music which is right now swelling up over my voice is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet. 
courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Heroes.